now that you're on the air with us, man, we are uh, we're so excited for you and everybody at, at all the Baylor at the Baylor family. But uh, that had to be uh, one of the greatest moments. Has it uh, has it truly hit you yet? When did it? When it, and if so, when did it hit you that hey, we are national champions? Yeah, one. Thanks for having me, and I hope you had a great time with the whole experience, as good a time as we did. And uh, two, I think it it hit me right away, just because I think because I spent that time at Gonzaga, and those guys are my friends. The weight of that game, and uh, just doing the scout, and knowing that I was playing them, it just kind of sits on your shoulders and in your heart the whole week. So I think I felt the weight of that all the way through. And so just the relief of being done with that and then knowing we won immediately hit me uh, with a bunch of emotions. And then I think every extra day since then, the, the enjoyment of it just continues to grow. So it constantly hits you more and more. But the fact that we played Gonzaga, I think I felt it pretty early on. By the way, I said I accidentally said Gonzaga the other day, like while talking to uh, Fran Fraschilla. And boy, he got all oh, yeah. over me. So I am, yeah, I'm. He's like, it's the Zags, so it's got to be Gonzaga. So I've, I will never make that mistake again. I'm all, I'm Gonzaga all the way here. Um, yeah, and, well, Fran uh, is a good friend to their program and to ours, and I think he fully understands the ties between the two programs. So mm-hmm. I'm not surprised he defended them. Uh, but uh, yeah, Fran, <laughs> Fran loves both programs. I think you're right, and uh, it was uh, it's uh, he he had some really good perspective. You have great perspective because you have uh, coached for both programs, and it had to be like you say, just a wait. Once you knew you were going to play them, and you knew you guys were on a crash course, and that UCLA almost threw that off. But then you you do it. What was it like uh, heading into the game? Were you able just to stay laser focused, or was it kind of like uh, was it almost surreal to know? You've got so many close friends on that staff over there. What was that? What was the buildup to the game like for you? I think you compartmentalize uh, the whole thing because for the whole time they're the number one seed overall, we're the number two seed overall. So the two biggest ballrooms in the bubble were given to Gonzaga and us, and they were next to each other. So every day I ran into Mark and Tommy and Brian, you know, all my friends from Gonzaga, and we saw them in the hallway and were able to talk. So. In a cool way, you're with your friends for three weeks that you don't get to see all the time, which was really nice. And then my wife and I watched almost every Gonzaga game together because obviously the coaches' wives are still her friends. And uh, we watched them just as fans and to root for them. So I don't know that I've missed many Gonzaga games this past year. But then once you get to the tournament portion and you kind of feel like you've, we've been on a collision course since de- December 5th, I mean, the scout was done before their UCLA game was done. I mean, we were ready to go. So there's a there's this very aggressive coach business, you know, time to lock in mindset that just takes over. And I think that just comes not just from wanting to win, but from loving your own guys so much. I mean, I wanted the guys on the team and our staff and everybody here to experience a national championship. So I think the switch gets flipped quick uh, once that buzzer goes off from the UCLA game. Yeah, yeah, and that was called one of the greatest games in Final Four history. So that had to mean we all were. Uh, I was still in the arena watching that thing. You probably gone back to the hotel. That was insane uh, to watch that. Talking to John Jakus, Mosley, and Simcox, ESPN uh, Central Texas. How cool was it, John? I mean, I, 
you don't really seek a claim. You're not wired like that, but you got credited in the post game by Scott for that scouting report. And, and that makes sense. You know the program really well, but that had to be, I mean, it's really neat because not every head coach, you know, always defers and, and brags on his staff. Scott does that, which is a, it was a cool thing. But I mean, that, uh, I, I, how, how, how helpful was that, John, when you were putting that scouting report together to have those years in that program? How much did that, and I know this is a, a new team, you weren't there with the, these particular players, but how much did that help at least knowing their system as well as you did? Yeah, that was incredibly kind of Scott. I think it speaks to why our culture is so healthy. And uh, when he talks about the joy thing and putting others before yourself, if the head coach is asking that of people but doesn't do it himself, it's kind of a farce. You know, it's just an, an empty thing, but it's real with him, and the truth is is we're a reflection of him. And um, That was really kind of him and really not even something he needed to do, but I think it, you can see why our guys are the way they are, and it's because he's their leader, and uh, he's a Hall of Famer and deserves to be so, and I think that game cemented that legacy for him, and I'm, I'm really happy and proud of him. He's a great boss, a great coach, and an even better person. And, you know, when it comes to the Gonzaga piece, I just think you go personnel first, and then you go patterns, the sets that they run. The personnel is different than when I was there, apart from Corey Kispert, but I, would, I never coached him. I was only there while we recruited. And But the patterns were the same. And there's enough there that I think Rem Bakamis, the GA that played there, and myself were familiar with the patterns. And anytime you can work at a place and know the patterns so well and the sets well enough, it's, it certainly helps you. But at the end of the day, that's just the beginning piece of scouting. I mean, they're an unbelievable staff themselves. They were undefeated, and Mark's a Hall of Famer to be also. So there's a game within the game after the personnel and the patterns, but knowing the patterns certainly helped. Yeah, in in that defensive game plan, uh, John, that was uh, that was really something. I mean, they they kind of couldn't. It seemed like they couldn't really see to even get the ball down to Timmy. You guys were 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 crowding them, crowding the ball, and then and then uh, kind of walling them off uh, when Timmy would get the ball. It just never really seemed to be comfortable. I, at least just watching the game, it seemed like you asked Flo to, hey, just body, body, body. We're going to do it with Vital. Uh, we're going to do it with EJ. What kind of walk us through a little bit? What what was the the game plan against Timmy? Because it 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 really seemed like it worked extremely well. And and quite honestly, he had been maybe the best player in that entire tournament up to that game. Yeah, I think points per game and just the overall effect and the way they rely on making over sixty percent of their two point shots. Timmy was definitely the most important player in the tournament, probably up to that point if you remove our team from the scenario. And obviously Jalen did some great things across the board, and, and the UCLA game was definitely the hero, but Drew was a big key. And I just think in the scout it came down to a couple things, even as we talked to the staff, and, and I told Coach Tang and Coach Drew and Coach Brooks, everybody else is sagging off Timmy, everybody else is you know, giving space because they're scared of the way Gonzaga makes the two, and at the clip, they want to stay between them and the rim. But that's not us. We ice ball screens, we ball pressure, we swipe at the ball, we close out with high hands. We never want the other team to see the basket clearly. And so even though the whole world has decided you guard Gonzaga the opposite of us, I just thought it was good to double down on who we are. 
And I don't think that game was won or lost based on a scout. I'll be honest with you. I think it was won or lost based on our culture. And uh, we've been teaching that defense since last July. And I don't think any of us thought the championship game was time to stop. And I just want to give credit to the guys that I work with. And I just think that Coach Tang and Alan Brooks did a great job throughout the year teaching the guys how to pressure the ball and how to move their feet and how to make certain adjustments so we could use our athleticism. And I just think that game was a culmination of six to eight months of work. It wasn't one thing about Drew Timmy. I think it was just more about us. And uh, I, I just think as a program, we're, we're proud of that. Yeah, I talked to John Jakis, uh, Baylor assistant coach. By the way, you'll be able to use that Maceo Teague um, play or clip forever. I mean, that, that, that right yeah. there in a championship game, um, uh, to save a ball, race to get back over to the side and challenge a shot. I mean, the, the hustle involved in that, that, that right there, John, I mean, you could just kind of use that the rest of your coaching career. Yeah, Maceo and Mark, as our senior leaders, deserve a lot of credit. And that's why when coaches take too much credit for scouts and things like that, it's just really foolish. Uh, we're nothing without our players. And I think if you see their intensity from this, the moment that the game began and the way they decided that they were going to play and fight and fly around and affect the game, the truth is, is that the players are the ones that do everything. And any bit of success in our life is because of what the players sacrifice and give to a program. And uh, that clip of Maceo is a perfect expression of what he gave to us the last three years and what his leadership and friendship with the other guys really led to, uh, not just offensively, but defensively. And uh, he ran about 150 feet in three seconds to make a difference. And, you know, if that's the heart of your players, then, then winning games like we have down the stretch shouldn't be a surprise to you. He was unbelievable. All right, national champion, Baylor Bears assistant coach, John Jacobs with us. Go ahead, Stephen. Kind of staying on that topic, Coach, you talked about the effort from Maceo, and we were talking with Everyday John yesterday, and he said he was taking his first couple days off for the first time in a couple of years. Uh, I know national titles aren't the only way to measure success, but how gratifying is it to see it, the, all the hard work the players put in pay off in, in a big way like this? Yeah, we like to say that our program wins and loses games when no one else is watching, and that includes the coaches. And we get them for a certain number of hours each day and for a certain number of days each year. And then there's times where it's illegal for us to work with them or be in the gym with them because of NCAA rules. And we just believe that when you bring in kids with high character that work out two extra times a day, that eventually they're going to catch up or pass other people up. And every Jake John, and along with so many of our other guys, are in here three times a day. And the fact that he's taken days off is actually a miracle because he's one of the <laughs> hardest workers we've ever come across. Um, but he deserves it, and our guys deserve it. But you win and lose games in college when your kids do the things they're supposed to do when you're not around. And our practice gym when no one's watching is uh, why we end up where we ended up. And that's, like I said, it really has much less to do with coaching and more to do with the culture that coach has established and then just bringing in the right guys that are willing to look when no one else is watching. And every day, John is about as perfect an example of that as anybody. Now, my wife and I picked up on something with you. I don't know if I've ever brought this up with you, that the leg cross thing, I mean, I can't do it. You're a lot thinner than I am. It's a very interesting kind of, I mean, almost kind of like it's your cue 
or your focus during a game. I mean, I it's a but is that is have you been doing that like since long time in your career? But you kind of stay in that same uh, leg cross, and again, it's a it's a I can't even quite explain it. It's it's a it's almost like a yoga thing that I couldn't pull off. But it's a it's it's sort of an athletic type thing. Is that something you've always done on the bench? No, uh, I tell you, Coach <laughs> Tang makes fun of me for doing it. Uh, Alvin Brooks says when I do it, we're about to go on a run, so he feels like it's good, good karma, good tradition. Uh, but I'll be honest, I threw out my back doing deadlifts. Uh, I think two years ago, I had crutches during our Texas game, even like I couldn't walk, and I was in the weight room, and I, I tried to do something, and my age got the best of me, my back went out. And normally when those chairs are like really crunched together, you can't sit that way because Coach Peterson's right next to me and the other guy's right next to me. And so there's no room. But with COVID, they've got all this space. And I honestly just sit like that because it helps my back feel better. I wish there's a bigger story to it or something, but I'm not a superstitious guy. It just just came down to the fact that uh, my back feels better when I sit that way. So I don't know if that disappoints you, but that's kind of how it started and um, having the space with COVID this year just helped me relax a little bit. So, well, you know, I had a broken back and a broken neck in an accident. Oh, really? I may, I may try. I had that bicycle accident. I don't know if we've even talked about it. And I, uh, huh. uh, it knocked me out the first part of the season. And, uh, I, uh, I, I may try, I may try that thing. See if it takes a little pressure off. As I talk to you right now, I've got something. I'm wearing something to rest my head on. It, it's a kind of a sad looking mm. thing. But I also have my championship shirt on. Just so you know, my new. It just came in because at the game the other night we were watching the celebration. By the time we got to the souvenir stands, they were all gone. And I know you guys got handed shirts. We had to go buy them. So I, uh, I it came in today, John, and it was like a. It was like Christmas morning. I ripped into it, threw it on. So uh, I, I've had to sort of take my journalist uh, cap off during this uh, during this run to the Final Four. Yeah, I, I think you don't need to be ashamed of that at all. They let guys say who their favorite teams are all the time now in, in, in a media. So if we're your favorite team, I say you wear that thing with pride. And uh, I'm, I'm glad you're smiling. I'm glad you care that much. And we're thankful for all you do for us. And yeah. uh, I'm not throwing that t-shirt away. I can tell you that I might not even wear it. Cause I don't want to ruin it because it's such a great memory. <laughs> so I totally understand the smile that happens when that championship t-shirt shows up. Yeah. It's uh, it's been, been a lot of fun. Last thing I have for you, do you, uh, you and Jerome, I, I've, and of course you're, you, you think maybe I'm trying to get you all away from Baylor. I'm not, but I just feel like you guys are ready if you wanted to be, uh, head coaches. I mean, you've had the unbelievable international experience. Now you've been at Gonzaga. You've been at Baylor. Uh, Jerome's been with Scott this whole time, uh, and I know y'all probably had opportunities. Uh, how do you, how do you approach that, John? Is it is it just do you do you think about it? Do you do you kind of in your mind know what sort of staff you would put together? How do you uh, how do you handle those thoughts? Because I mean, you're you and Jerome's name and Alvin, the whole the whole gang. At some point. You know, even and I think it's probably now your name's going to start coming up a lot. Yeah, I think one Alvin is on that list for sure, and uh, he's won Big Twelves at Kansas State and here now, and been to Final Fours. And I think um, both my friends are great coaches. Alvin and Jerome are unbelievable guys, and I think anytime you get to hang out with Mark Few or Scott Drew, you you're put in this unique 
space where you learn to build a culture rather than a team. And so Alvin and Jerome and myself are blessed enough to be around one of the best. And if guys want to have head coaches that build great cultures, then I don't know why you wouldn't hire Scott Drew assistant. And I don't know why you wouldn't hire Jerome or Alvin. And um, more than anything for me, I just want my friends to be successful. And one of the most important things in our profession is that your coaching tree is healthy. So you look at Grant McCaslin do so well. You look at Paul Mills do so well. You, you look at um, all the coaches that have been here in the past and we're all just rooting for each other. And if opportunities come from the Lord, then they come from the Lord. But I can tell you right now, I'm happy at Baylor. Uh, we're just trying to celebrate this uh, championship for a couple of days. So I appreciate the compliment and uh, the question, mm-hmm. but I think for now we're going to just kind of concentrate on supporting Scott and yeah. seeing if we can't do this again next year. Okay, I'll stop. I'll stop with all the promotion. If you need me to hold off, I'll do it. Uh, but uh, no, yeah, eventually you're I'll be pay like... an agency, I guess, but uh, <laughs> I don't know that now is the time. <laughs> if you can grow that hair out now you're you kind of have a great most some people can't pull off the shaved head look you you do it but now grant did you notice he really let that hair grow out during uh during covid i mean he i mean he's got some nice locks and he is being accused of coloring it a little bit i don't think that's the case because he's four years younger than i am so i think it's still his real hair but uh, keep that in mind i mean that's he he's got some nice locks and and uh, I'm trying to think, what who? What about Paul? Does Paul have hair? I guess he's got a little yeah, bit left. So. Yeah, he's got a yeah, little bit Yeah, I mean, left. I can tell you I can't grow my out. I'm not even going to try. And if Grant <laughs> still got a full head of hair and he wants to grow that thing out, God bless him. Because I'm not in that situation. Sh- you remember Shaka just, <laughs> no. Shaka grew his yeah. out. And it's like, everybody's yeah. like, what? What just happened? All right. Well, just keep with that look. It is a good look. Uh, but we appreciate everything you do. And, uh for being with us all season, and I didn't even bring up, I'm trying to stay away from talking about next year. You know, there's that tendency to want to be like, okay, who's? what do you think, and what about the Sochan? We'll save all those questions for another time. I think this is a week we just celebrate a national title, but we really appreciate you, John, and, and all, all that you've done, and, and you're, you've been great to be on with us, and, uh, and congratulations, sir. Yeah, amen. My pleasure. Enjoy your T-shirt and the championship, and we'll try to do the same, and it's uh, great for Baylor Nation. So thanks for having me on.